Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Road Trip Playlist Podcast. My name is Thomas Darrow and I am your host. My guest this week is James T.W. You know James T.W. You love James T.W. The guy has literally billions of streams with his music. And he is about to release some new music and a new album that you're going to love as well. In this episode, we talked about his newest release, Butterflies. We talked about being discovered on YouTube. And who is better at basketball between him and Shawn Mendes? All of this and more after a quick word from our sponsor. Perfect. Well, I just hit record, so so I'll get started. Um, James, this is this is it's a thrill to have you on the Road Trip Playlist podcast. I'm also do, this will also be a feature on GigSoupMusic.com. Um, awesome. But with this being the Road Trip Playlist podcast, I like to start off by asking you, what's on your Road Trip Playlist? What are you listening to? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think at the moment. Uh, there's an artist called Tom Mish in the UK who's kind of super soulful, super jazzy and a great guitar player. Um, I've just got his albums on repeat. Um, I'll always have Bon Iver. I love kind of music that makes me feel like I'm in a movie. Um, so a couple soundtracks at the moment. You know, I was listening to the Lion King soundtrack because I, <laughs> I watched it. On, I saw these clips on TikTok and, and I was like, wow, this music is actually so good. <laughs> um, so that is, and this rom-com called About Time, uh, that makes me feel like I'm in a movie. Um, there's a couple options. No, that those are some great options. And it like hits on everything. Um, like my world recently has felt, especially in the quarantine hotel, the last day has basically been just TikTok. And um, totally. rom-com, I love a rom-com, James. I just completed like March. Instead of March Madness, I do like rom-com madness. all of my favorite rom-coms in a big march madness tournament and me and my friends would break it down and and choose a winner and so unfortunately i'm here so we haven't finished (laughs) the thing maybe we'll find a way to to do it virtually but anyway well i love uh, the idea (laughs) yes and so about time is on there that was a high-ranking movie so um i love that that's on your playlist um yeah i mean it's my favorite probably my favorite rom-com i I keep coming back to it because at the end of watching that film i just always like feel really wholesome and just like connected to the planet (laughs) exactly no that's so true um and i want to talk about one of your songs though a song that's um been added to um one of my playlists and will be added to, to definitely more and it's um butterflies and i'm actually making a playlist it's called we broke up but I still think about getting back together. It's a playlist in progress. Um, and Butterflies was perfect for that. And so I wanted <laughs> to talk to you about that. Um, it's already doing really well streaming wise. How have you felt um, since the release? I've been really happy, to be honest. I mean, it's been a couple of years since I've released any music. And the truth is that anything that happens really after the song gets released is very out of my hands. You know, all I can do is record the music and make music that I'm proud of and release it. Um, but I've definitely been like very pleased with how it's performed so far. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm responsible for a good amount of those streams. Um, I listened to you talk about the song and it being different writing wise, typically than, than how you normally do it. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that was? It, it started with the, with the guitar riff, which usually you start lyrically, correct? Yes, I kind of usually the way I like to write is I'll come up with a lyric or a concept. Um, usually that happens like in conversation with someone and someone says something and I go, oh, that could be a song. Or I just kind of 
I don't know. I hear a different song and think it could be done a different way. Um, but this, this song was different in the respect that I kind of just, yeah, was just playing guitar in my bedroom and I came up with this guitar riff, which you can hear in the chorus. It's kind of the main part. And, uh, and I loved it. I thought it was really infectious and I thought it had good energy to it. It sounded like none of my other songs. So I just kind of went from there and I didn't know what to write it about. So I kind of filled everything in, else in first. So I did all the melodies. I wrote the structure. And then the last thing to do was find something to write it about. And unfortunately, um, I went through this breakup last year in, in quarantine. And that kind of became one of the things I, I wrote it about. I see. Wow. Okay. And that was, that was one of my next questions. It's weird because we just met and talking about breakups. Um, but like, how is it putting like a song about something where it's, where it's so close to you and something as personal as a breakup and, and putting it, cause I know at first it was, it was a different song called x-rays. Then it now became, yeah. became butterflies. Um, what was the process and what's it like putting such vulnerability about this feeling with uh, kind of a, a relationship that ended into song? Well, firstly, thank you for doing so much homework. You already know so much about the song. But uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in general, it's part of who I am to share my feelings. I'm, I'm a very kind of open person in that respect. I share a lot with my friends. It, it makes me feel good. I journal, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, and I've already put an album out. So at this point, it's not um, that different to the way, the way it's felt before. Um, I think it's, it's the most scary when the person that you've written about now, obviously, I'm not with her anymore, um, but I sent her the song and played it to her, you know, before anyone else so she could hear it. Um, and that was scary. But besides that, like, I know if I'm kind of brutally honest with my experience and my feelings and songs, that's kind of the way that you can connect to other people. If you start trying to hide it and kind of and, 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 and mask how you're feeling and try and make it sound cool or whatever, like it just it doesn't translate in the same way. Wow, that's so interesting. I, I've never thought about like, that's very respectful for you to call and play it before beforehand. And I really admire that. Um, I get weird talking about like in the past interview, like there was another, anyway, I'm not even going to get into this to me personally. This is about you. I'm sorry. Um, but I, okay. I admire the, the vulnerability and that that's something more than just your songwriting and doing that. Cause I I've talked, when I talk with other artists, I tell them about um, times with me and it's like, there's stuff with like, I wrote about similar, very similar to um, when you love someone, I wrote about kind of a relationship, a tough thing with my dad. And I don't talk about it a lot, but I wrote about it. I had to make up a grade in my English class. My citizenship, sure. my citizenship was poor. And I knew like I wrote this poem and part of it, like part of it was selfishly. I wanted to show this teacher that I liked, but I also knew I talked a lot in the class and I wasn't going to get a good citizenship grade because I was talking out of turn, but I knew this teacher liked me. And so I, I showed her my poem and instantly my, my citizenship grade went from an unsatisfactory to an honors just by this poem that, that wow. my had made her cry. And so that's like the only time I've been comfortable, like sharing vulnerable things. Like even my writing, I don't love to share with friends. I love to share with strangers and I'll share it on a secret social media account, but but I don't love sharing it with friends. And so it's, it's fascinating to me when, when artists like yourself are able to express that and just put it out into the thing. And now two weeks later, it's streamed by millions of people. Yeah. I mean, someone that I've kind of got to know over the last kind of half a year is, is helped me with things like this. And, and she, she told me that 
if you um, choose not to tell someone something or like how you're feeling, then that's your issue because you're the one who's stopping, you know, things from, from getting out of you. But if you tell someone something or you share something, it's then it's completely out of your hands. Like it's, it's then the other person's issue about how they react or how they choose to take that information. And it's very freeing and, uh, when you can actually share things and get them out of your system selfishly almost. Um, but it's not your responsibility on how people react, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I love that thing. It's good. It's good. That's, those are good things for me to hear. Um, and you, you brought up journaling and this wasn't a question I had, but I wanted to ask you about journaling and I'm fascinated with people that journal. I, I, I want to be a person that journals, but how does, does journaling is, does it ever also play a role in your songwriting where you're writing something down and it becomes kind of like the moment you said earlier, Hey, this could be a song, this, this thought that I'm feeling. I haven't had, I don't think I've had an experience like that yet. The closest I got to it though, is the second song that's going to come out after butterflies um, was uh, the first time I'd kind of taken myself back to uh, the moment when I knew that, you know, the relationship wasn't going to work out. Um, I'd moved to the other side of the city. I live in London and I kind of like started this new chapter of my life. And um, the songwriter kind of asked me if I wanted to go back and I didn't really want to, but he ended up kind of making me do it. And the way I took myself back there was I went into my journals and I looked at all of the things that I was writing around the time when things were kind of going downhill. Um, and it definitely put me straight back in that position. I felt terrible, but I really think it reflects, you know, in, in the song. That's the closest I've got to kind of using my journal in songs. Wow, that's fascinating, though. Um, and what is is journaling? I'm, I, I get I get on this wormhole when I find out people journal. Is there like, is it a daily practice? Is it something where like, what's what's the typical thing with your journals? Do you go back and read them? All those. I um I think the thing I get out of journaling is if I write something down, if I write a feeling down or something that's bugging me, as soon as I've written it down, it, it's, it leaves my mind. It's on the page and it can live in the page, but it doesn't live with me anymore and bug me anymore. And that's, that's the most I get out of it. I never really go back and read them. Maybe I will one day, maybe I won't. But in terms of practice, um, I haven't done it for a little while. I think I only do it when I feel the need to do it. And I think sometimes you have to remind yourself to do it and, and you know, make it a habit. But sometimes I have this urge to check in with myself. I just feel like I've been busy, like lots of speaking to lots of people working or whatever. And it's really, really helped me to just kind of like almost have a conversation with myself and be like, like, how are you doing James today? Like forget what everyone else needs you to do or, or how they need you to perform today or whatever. Like, how are you actually in yourself? And just be honest on, on when you're writing. Awesome. Well, I can tell you, I, I'm checking in with myself tonight. I'm going to journal. Um, and right, like you've right. inspired me and I feel excited to do so. And, and now we've talked about two of the songs um, that you've been working on in, in the last little bit um, with Butterflies and that song that you just mentioned. I wanted to know what else um, we can expect from, from the work moving forward. I know you're planning to, to release a song at a time and that there's also a future uh, full album coming, as I heard in your, in your live. But what else can we um, expect from, from the music that you're soon to release? So really, I'm going to release an album this year divided into two parts. Um, the, the whole first part are all songs that um, are about my breakup uh, in different ways, different emotions to do with it um, and how it made me feel like, 
you know, obviously the immediate reaction to it and then also a more of a reflection and a celebratory kind of uh, emotion that I had afterwards. And I'm really proud of this first half. It's all kind of, you know, recorded and, and done. And, and then the second half, you know, I'm hoping will be filled with slightly more romantic songs um, from experiences, you know, post-COVID and, uh, and, you know, in real life kind of situations. Um, that's, that's my plan, really. Amazing. I, I love that. And is there, is there a particular thing that you're excited for people to feel or, or hear from, from these new, uh, this new work? I think it's been interesting writing it because I look back on that relationship like, like I'm so proud of it. Like I, I don't have hard feelings. I don't have like any anger or resentment towards the, the person I was with. And I think there's more situations like that than, than people think. I think when people think of breakups, they think they're ugly and messy and there's hatred and, and regret and things like that. But I don't regret a single thing and I'm really proud of what we had. So that, that comes out in, this, in the rest of these songs. And I think I'm excited to see other people step forward and be like, you know what, that's how I feel about my situation too. Like I don't really hate the person, uh, but people never really talk about that, you know? Yeah, I love that so much. And that's very refreshing to to hear. Um, I'm very excited for for the music to come. I, I've loved Butterflies and I encourage everyone to listen to it. But James, I want to tell you a little bit about why. So I, this is called the Road Trip Playlist Podcast. And where it really comes is I didn't even know that I loved music until far too late in life. I was probably, I think I was around 20 years old and I never really knew what music I liked. Um, but I started going and traveling. I set a ruling while I was in college to travel once a month, um, no matter what, just wherever it is, it's big or small with a friend. And it was just a I like rule that. that I set for myself. And every time I would, I would get a bunch of different friends and I would make playlists. And a lot of the playlists kind of would gear towards what I thought my friends would like. Um, and through that, I ended up finding like what I liked. Like I found Ben Howard, which I, I watched, um, uh, I read an interview with you about a Ben Howard Call Me Maybe cover that I had not seen yet. And I'm a huge Ben Howard fan. So I have to thank you for introducing me to that cover. Um, but I found Ben Howard and that changed a lot of everything with me. And so I started making these road trip playlists and that's where I found I loved music. And now here it is um, years later and working in music and being able to talk to music musicians I admire like yourself is, has been very exciting. But so I, I didn't start with music. So I'm fascinated with a story like yours where it sounds like you were very, um, music was a very big part of your life. You were named after um, the artist James Taylor. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing in your own home with, with music? Uh, firstly, I love that story about how you've you know, discovered music and how it's kind of got you to where you are today. That's absolutely awesome. Um, but in terms of me and how I found music, I mean, it was in my family a, a little bit. My dad, not professionally, but um, loves playing guitar. And when he was a teenager, he used to be in bands and write songs and things. So growing up, there was always instruments around, mainly guitars. And um, and my mom kind of likes to do karaoke when she's had a few wines, but that's kind of not really the, that's not the same. Uh, but basically, yeah, I, I kind of came home from school one day and my dad had decided to buy an electric drum kit. Um, because he saw on the news in the UK that it was kind of good for stress after work. So I just kind of came from home. I thought, like, that looks fun. I really want to try that. And 
immediately I kind of had this like natural talent to, to play. I was playing in time and, and I was coming up with kind of difficult grooves and things. So my dad really nurtured that and my parents did and they, they got me drum lessons. And, you know, anytime I like had a question about music, I would ask my dad if I wanted to learn guitar, then he would show me chords. And if I wanted to record a video and put it on YouTube, then he would help me film it and post it. So, you know, um, I found the drums when I was 10 and I tried playing other instruments before that, like violin and stuff, but I, I wasn't that passionate. Um, as soon as I could start playing music that I, that I liked, which at the time was more bands like um, Blink-182 and just like the kind of, you know, punky bands and even like Slipknot and stuff because I was very drum heavy. Um, <laughs> you know, like I had phases, you know, like everyone does. But as soon as I got to be able to play those, those songs like on drums or on guitar, um, then I kind of like my love developed for it. And then I got to perform live with, with my dad's kind of wedding band um, one night. And that's really when I properly fell in love with, with performing. And I was, I was still only 10 or 11 at that time. <laughs> that's unreal. Um, <laughs> I love that story. I, 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 I read that you um, played in your dad's, you had that wedding band with, with your dad. I've seen you perform on YouTube with, with your sister. And so I wondered what, um, if there's still kind of family jam nights with, with your family, those are like. Um, so yeah, when I go home, my family live a couple kind of hours outside of London. If I get train and see them, um, me and dad definitely sit down and play guitar, you know, and he just kind of plays the, whatever songs the wedding band are playing nowadays. And I'll just kind of play along and sing or, or play a different guitar part. And then, yeah, when my sister's home, we do like singing together. Sometimes we still try and come up with covers but you know she's she's doing a she's doing a degree at, at Loughborough University, so she's she's very busy. And when we're home, you know, like we're kind of just trying to spend quality time. Um, so it, it's minimal the music that happens together, but it still definitely happens, and it's still very fun. <laughs> I love that. And so the the t the poem I told you about with my teacher going back um, that was when I was about twelve years old, and. Um, that's a, you were 12 when you started your YouTube channel. So my teacher's telling me at 12, you should try to get this published. You should submit it. I can help you out. And that was far too scary for me. I was like, no, 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 this is personal. I don't want other people sure. to read it. I, I just want a good grade, Mrs. Workman. Um, yeah. um, you, you started posting covers at, at 12 on, on YouTube. I wanted to know what starting out was like and, and how it was watching, watching your channel grow and your, the views and subscribers. Well, it was a long process. I think a lot of people presume that it must have gone like really, really well um, for me to end up getting signed and things like that. But I think I was just in the right place at the right time. The f I remember posting the first video. It was the Damien Rice cover. Um, it's not up anymore, but um, it was Cannonball. And I think I was like 12 and my voice was breaking. So like it was, it was all over the place. And um, the guitar playing was pretty good, but the singing was not. And, um, you know, it probably got like, I don't know, a couple hundred views and most of them were probably me checking in on the video and really me and my dad posted them every it was started to do them every two weeks and it was only like after three years that you know I started to get some decent views and some videos would do better than others I kind of learned how to get more views on certain videos um and and I and I just got really lucky because that was when two things happened. One, a manager from San Diego discovered them who had contacts in the music industry and he became my first manager and introduced me to labels. And then two, in the same year, 
Sean Mendes found it and he showed his label who I ended up getting signed to. So <laughs> I was just very lucky. But anytime anyone asks me like, what, should, what can I be doing to like spread my music? You know, I can only speak from experience and just say like YouTube, the internet, TikTok, things can spread so quick and so far around the world on those, on those platforms. Um, so I always encourage people to put things up there. Absolutely. Um, I, that's such an incredible story. I love it so much. What can you put me in the room when you, when you get a call from someone from like a label? Cause I was, I, I thought it was funny is like one week I I'm, I'm went through your channel and one week you're posting a John Mayer cover. And then yeah. the next video you're announcing, Hey guys, I, I just signed with this huge major record label. Can you put me in the room <laughs> for, for when that happens, when you get that call or, or what, what, what the process was like um so it was very exciting i mean i was 15 when when the, when i signed that deal with the manager and he kind of took about six months like trying to make things happen and then he just suddenly told me and my dad on a skype call like i've got these two meetings ones with atlantic records in new york and ones with this this really powerful guy in in at universal in la and it basically meant like i was dipping in and out of school um to go and like you know audition essentially um for these guys and playing them all my own songs and you know my i had at that point i had about ten thousand subscribers on youtube which is not a big number and i knew they were meeting with people who had hundreds of thousands of subscribers but i really think what set me apart from those and why i kind of got signed was because i'd been working on my original music so much Whereas they had been working on building a following and not done really any songwriting. So working on your own songs, like is, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but like if you want to be an artist, yes, having a big following is really helpful and, and helps. But if you can write songs for yourself that are great songs and that, that goes way further. And that, and that I think is more important. Um, but to kind of going back, sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just like, absolutely. I went to bed. I couldn't sleep. I was in bed. Like this is my shot. I'm going to get like, this is how I'm going to start the rest of my like life. My career is going to start. And, um, you know, I, my dad had never been to America. So like the fact that I was the reason that he was going was really special to me. And, um, and it was fun to share that kind of journey with him. Wow. And that, that is incredible. And, and no, I loved all of it. And you answered part of what was one of the questions that I wanted to know. And, and I, I just became very fascinated with, with your story. And one of the things that I wanted to know was, was what you had in those meetings as far as original music. And so you, you did answer that. And so you already had a collection of songs when, when you were going there that helped you get that deal. So I had put together an EP. Um, I'd found a producer and all the money I'd got from playing in pubs, like background music and just kind of pub nights and things. I put all that money towards recording it with this producer um, in Surrey, which is just outside of London. So um, my dad drove me because I couldn't drive, bless him. And we just kind of sat with this producer, recorded all the best songs I had. And I just kind of like played that CD to all the labels. And, and to be honest, with that CD, they, all, they were all like, it's good, but it's not great. Just keep doing your thing. And I'm sure, you know, it will work out. And then I remember like two, maybe a week or two weeks before we went to New York, I was, I was going to the school chapel, like, and I was um, using the piano there to just write songs at lunchtime. And, um, and I wrote this song. It was called My Last Name. 
And um, I was in the meeting and we played all the songs and my manager was like, okay, well, thank you for your time. And I said like, oh, can I play one more song? Like I wrote this one last week and I could see that my dad and my manager were really nervous because they were like, what is he doing? He's like going against everything we planned. And, and they were like, okay, cool. Let's go out to the lobby. And I went out into the lobby and um, like Flo Rider's bodyguard was just sat there, this gigantic like guy, muscly guy. And, um, and I started playing this song and they were just like, their whole attitude changed. They were like, wow, this is a really great song. And they were like, come back into the office. And we spoke and they were like, you record this song upstairs in our studio right now. Let's do a photo shoot. And it was just like this thing that happened. Um, and I, I think that happens with songwriting. Like you can step up tiers without knowing it. Like once you've written like, I don't know, 10 or 20 songs, you're going up like an invisible tear in your head and you don't even know it, but your songs are getting better generally. And then every song I started to write after that, that chapel one was way better than the CD. So I just had to keep writing songs basically. Wow. Okay. Cause that was one of my questions was how kind of, I've, I'm so impressed by your songwriting and, and where that talent comes from and how it's evolved since then. And so would you say it's just kind of sticking with it and writing more and more and more? Definitely. I mean, I could play you. I'd have to find them first. But I wrote lots of songs when I was like 12. Uh, 12 is when I started writing songs just about crushes in school and just like wanting to be a rock star. And they were crap songs. They were so bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just doing it from like, I mean, I've been doing it for like 10 years, which is crazy now. But, you know, professionally, like five, um, you can't force it like everyone's got a different way of working. I don't like to just wake up and write a song for the sake of writing a song because I do feel like the songs that stand out are the ones you really connect to or come from somewhere real. And, and it's not just you trying to, you know, put, you know, muscle memory going through the kind of the works. But, um, but I, more recently I have thought, well, if you go into a session and you write a song or you write a song on your own, that's one more chance that, that, that you're going to have a song. That's a really special one, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and, I wanted to ask what it was like at such a young age um, for you. I didn't have this question written down, but you talked about kind of how you were balancing these auditions with school and all of that. What was, what was it like kind of navigating the music industry and touring and being so young? Because you said you're like, you've been doing it professionally for five years. I've known your name for like five years. And so it feels like, I think that you're so much older than you are. And so when I was doing the prep for this, I was like, oh my gosh, he's still like, what, 23, 24. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And so um, what was it like being so young? Um, it was exciting, to be honest. I mean, I was like, you know, if this had not taken off when it did, I probably would have just gone to some music college and just kept doing YouTube videos and learning about music and whatever. But, you know, my parents are very supportive in the respect that like, they didn't get crazy good qualifications, but they still ended up having two successful careers. So I don't think they, they didn't want to like force me to get a degree or, or anything like that. They just kind of wanted me to love what I did. And when the right opportunity came up, they like let me take it and, and, and leave. So I left school when I was like turning 18 basically. Um, so I hadn't got all my qualifications, but um, I, I, I'm very grateful that they did that too, because um you know, it, it, it meant I got an extra year to just like, you know, I'm a year ahead than I would be if I had just stayed in school and, and, and limited myself. Um, but all my friends were so excited for me. I mean, they were just like, they couldn't believe it was happening. Like I would kind of leave 
and then play a show at like Radio City Music Hall with Shawn Mendes and have a video of it and post it and come back and just sit in class with them and they would just be like, this is ridiculous, this is so weird, um, which it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the tour with Sean Mendez, but I wasn't really. It's it's not really the tour that I wanted. I read you talk about that you had played ping pong and basketball with Sean. I've watched you on TikTok <laughs> ping pong, and you're very impressive. Um, but I want to know who who's the bet who's the better ping pong and basketball player out of you and Sean. Um, I definitely think I'm the better like ping pong player and i think he'll he'll definitely like agree with me on that we, we played a lot on tour he had his own little table and um and i think because he played longer sets than me i got to play for way longer so my practice was just there <laughs> um but then uh, basketball it was pretty close i mean he's a tall guy he's like six three or something and at the time he weighed so much more than me um so he he could kind of push me around a bit um but we have to play a rematch to, to know for sure okay well i can't wait for the for you for that rematch um <laughs> yeah me too um but i wanted to ask i know i know you're you're getting ready to tour again um and i wanted to ask what you're most looking forward to being able to play live shows again well, uh what i'm most looking forward to about live shows essentially yeah because i know you have some tour dates coming is that right yeah, we we put a couple of dates in for well a date in for London um, uh, later this year. I mean, all things you know working out. But um, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is like like seeing people's reaction to the music in live time because you know people can listen to music on a playlist and tweet you or like post it. But like I think you see the most emotion and what songs really mean to people when they're like in the in the crowd in the front row and they're singing every word and you can see what the song means to someone and that is like one of the most fulfilling feelings being an artist and being a, a, a songwriter like i think that's what you the best you can get basically absolutely um i love that and i'm so excited that that you'll be able to do that and fingers crossed it all works out on the dates that that you said um i don't want to take up any more of your time um but i have five questions i ask at the every at the end of every interview um that i'd like to do it real quick um number one is if you had to choose between breakfast food lunch food and dinner food you can only eat food from that meal group um for every meal which would you choose probably lunch is the safe option yeah <laughs> it is pretty safe is there is there a lunch food that that hinges off of oh, probably just lots of pasta <laughs> <laughs> perfect that's a great one um number two is your your go-to karaoke song i know you mentioned your mom doing karaoke earlier um do yes. you like karaoke and what what is your favorite uh song to do on karaoke i would probably say um oh i just had one that came to my head what was it Maybe like Hero, Enrique Iglesias or something. <laughs> That's great. That's a good Terrible. one. Terrible. <laughs> I love that. Um, number three is a guilty pleasure that you have on tour. Ooh, uh, well, Pringles, like, which are like chips, like crisps, essentially. Oh, yeah. I once tweeted that I liked this certain, these paprika flavored crisps. And then every meet and greet, I got given like four boxes of them from fans. So we had so many. And now, funnily enough, I don't like them anymore. <laughs> oh, what's the, what's the new crisp? If anyone listening. Oh, to that's a good point. I, I don't know. New crisp. 
maybe Doritos? Nah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, well, tweet it out and <laughs> Yeah, when I when I when I find it, I will definitely tweet it and ruin my, my love for it. <laughs> um question number four is one group that's not currently together that you'd love to have one more EP from. Uh, I mean there's probably a way better answer for this but the first one that came to mind was one direction because they just write they just have bangers <laughs> yeah. like their songs are bangers <laughs> and like I, I pop guilty like pleasure for sure <laughs> no absolutely i love that um number five is who is an interesting guest that you recommend i have on the road trip playlist podcast oh i i would love to hear more from um jp Sachs. Um, he's, I don't know, he just seems so like eloquent in the way he speaks and I'm fascinated by him and his mind. No, I love that. That's one of the last shows I got to see before everything. Oh, cool. Down, so I would love that. Um, but well, James, again, thank you so much for your time. I've loved learning about you leading up to this, leading up to this. talking to you, listening to your music. It's, it's been great and I really appreciate your time. So thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you, man. As always, thank you for listening to the Road Trip Playlist podcast. Make sure you head over to wherever you listen to music to stream James D.W.'s new song, Butterflies. It's one that I know that you will love and stream, add to your playlist, um, have stuck in your head, all of that. And as always, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the Road Trip Playlist podcast. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week.